Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Previously on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Kawhi has proven he is a different type of dude and everything. What I do think will keep him is the medical staff. And Alec McKechnie, who is the director of sports science, also an assistant coach with Toronto Raptors. I think if he stays... It's because McKechnie built a huge, huge amount of trust with him when it came to returning from that quad injury. I know everybody loves hearing about load management, but guess what? It's allowed him to be able to play 48 minutes when it comes to playoff time because they did not gas him in the regular season. I know we don't like load management and we don't like players resting, but in this situation, it was the best decision medically for the player given what he's gone through. I think if he stays in Toronto, it's because of the medical team and what they did for him mentally, emotionally, and physically to give him the trust and let him feel that he can trust them when it comes to injuries. That little clip was Megan McPeak back in April talking about Kawhi Leonard's future in Toronto. She's from that area. She worked for the Toronto's G League team as an as a play-by-play voice. Now, Even after a possible NBA championship, we will soon find out Kawhi may not stay. If he does stay, according to Megan, it will have a lot to do with the medical staff. So there's a lot to see here. Today, we're joined by another up-and-coming NBA voice. She already is killing it on the WNBA side and college basketball. My colleague on MSG 150 and former Hooper herself, Julianne Vianney. Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. All right, guys, Buckets, Boards and Blocks this week. We are jumping into the W because the WNBA season kicked off last weekend and in the midst of this this podcast will come out on Thursday which will also be the first day of the NBA finals so we're definitely touching on the Warriors Raptors matchup as well and I'm super excited about this week's guest it is my girl Julianne Viani, who you may have seen on CBS Big Ten ESPN in virtual reality she is a woman of many basketball talents and all over the place hey Jules Oh, hey, that is a very nice intro, Monica. <laughs> How's it going, no, I'm girl? It's going great. Also, the other part I forgot in your intro, she's also one of the co-hosts of MSG 150, so we're hanging out all summer talking sports. Make oh, sure yeah. you catch it on MSG Network. Yeah, lots of fun. All right. Monica's so. a big star here. <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyway, so Jules, <laughs> in a- MSG this weekend, the WNBA kicked off, and you are back with the New York Liberty again. So you had the opportunity to see the Liberty and the Fever, Indiana Fever, go head-to-head this weekend. 
early impressions. I know it was a buzzer beater. Tierra McCowan comes up huge for the fever, but just early impressions of that game and the W this year. Oh my gosh, man, that was a that was just a great game. It was just good start to finish, and I, I think that's a good sign for the league. And I, you know, you mentioned McCallan. McCallan is unbelievable. I mean, I kind of had a feeling going in that she would be somebody that um, would star. Now, I I know in, even in talking to, um, you know, their staff, they they weren't sure how much she would play in the beginning because she's got to get used to the pace of it, but. She is there physically. I mean, I mean, her physicality is just incredible. I mean, she didn't even play probably 15 minutes, and she ended up getting the buzzer beater. But you know, the New York Liberty, the New York Liberty are kind of reloading this year. Um, you know, new ownership, uh, new leadership in a lot of ways, and um, I think next year they're probably going to end up changing venues. But there's been a lot of changes in that organization, and I think it's just going to take some time to to get things together. They've got some new players, Asia Durr, one of the more exciting rookies that uh, I'm, I'm really stoked to, to continue to see play. She, you know, she kind of, she didn't really try to do too much in, in the opener, but I think that's kind of typical when you see a lot of rookies come in, they try to kind of defer to Tina Charles as their main, main go-to player again. Tina Charles, the big star, she could, you know, she's an MVP candidate again for the Liberty, but but overall, I mean, I think looking around the WNBA after the first week, I think it's a good sign that we're going to have an awesome season. You know, a lot of people are hurt, but uh, a lot of stars are hurt starting the season. And then there's players that are just coming back from overseas. So I think it's going to take a little time, as per usual, <laughs> for people to mesh. But I think the team I'm most looking forward to seeing in person are the Aces. <laughs> I think with Liz Cambage that team is going to be unbelievable. They're going to be fun with Asia Wilson. And uh, she was the 2018 Rookie of the Year. And uh, once Cam Beige plays as well, I mean, they're just going to be so crazy good. <laughs> but um, overall, though, Monica, the rookies, the rookies this year, they're going to be fun. They really are. A, a lot of really good ones to watch. So I think the first week was impressive. So, so many things, nuggets that I want to dig into in what you just said. But let's just stick with the rookies because you obviously had an opportunity to see a lot of these young ladies in the college ranks as well, doing some NCAA tournament stuff with ESPN. You mentioned Asia Durr, who's in New York. You talk about Asia Wilson, who was rookie of the year last year. The Aces team in Vegas, they had they got to add Jackie, I just think is phenomenal. You got Kalani Brown, who's in L.A. out of Baylor. Um, there's just... Tierra McCowan, obviously, who we saw for the fever, getting it done. Marina Mabry is out there in L.A. as well. Like, there's just so many different rookies all over the place. So with that in mind and all the excitement surrounding these young women, even if, of course, we wish the stars well, but some of the stars just are not going to return this season probably. Like, Maya Moore has decided she's mm -hmm. not going to play this year. We don't know how long Brianna Stewart will take to recover from the Achilles with Seattle. Um... Skylar Diggins is coming off of becoming a new mom. Diana Taurasi, back, Sue Bird, knee. Like, those are names that we're accustomed to hearing. But when you look at the league and the rookies, like, is the league in hands that you trust and you see this thing continuing to grow and be even more competitive? Yeah, I really do. I, I think it's a – and like you said, I think it's a really great sign that the rookie class is absurd because – 
Um, you mentioned a lot of big names there from the college ranks. I think it's a loaded class. I mean, and Nafisa Collier, I don't know if we even mentioned her. She had the best performance from a rookie the whole weekend. Um, she balled out, you know, um, from UConn uh, Collier. And it's like, it's just, I think in general, it's just going to be um, really exciting. And it's kind of wide open when you really think about it, um, you know, it, if if some of the best players we're not hearing about are not necessarily playing just yet or, or maybe they won't return, then it really leaves the door open for, for maybe some of the teams that, you know, we're not going to be able to, uh, we're, you wouldn't normally hear about. But I really think that there's a lot of talent. And I think the more parity we have this year, the better. I mean, we didn't mention Deladon. I mean, Deladon will be back for the Mystics. I think they could win it all. Um, you know, the Aces, of course, again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, check out Dallas, too. I mean, they've got Arike Agumbawale on their team. They're a team that I think could be really, you know, sneaky um, because they've got some, some really good interior play with some good, out, you know, outside players like Agumbawale once, once she gets herself going. Remember, the Notre Dame player who knocked it down, uh, you know, just a season ago. I mean, she didn't shoot great in the opener, but as these players, that our first year people get their legs under them. This is going to be so scary. And, and, and give Minnesota links, the Minnesota links are missing by more, but they had a great start. And I mean, I think it's going to be terrifying when you see like a Maya Moore and a piece of Collier pick and roll game. If she comes back next year, can you imagine Ooh. that? Ooh, can you imagine <laughs> that for the record? Yeah. had 27 points on eight of 10 shooting and six rebounds, three blocks, two steals in her first WNBA appearance with the Minnesota Lynx. Um, they got the win over the Chicago Sky. And her 27 points is second for a rookie in their first game. Candace Parker had 34 when she made her debut in the league. But so here's the other question, though, Jules. You play the game, right? Like we both hooped. And you've been plowing away in this industry, making incredible headway, doing your thing, like rocking and rolling. It feels as if, and tell me if you see this, from where you sit game by game, that this is really the first time in maybe the early years of the WNBA. I remember it being pretty exciting. Like the Mystics used to hold the record for attendance during the course of a season. But it feels like we're back to a place in terms of enthusiasm around this league that we really haven't been in for a long time. Would you agree? I, I totally agree. And you know what's interesting, too, along with that are the TV deals that we're seeing. Uh, you know, you and I are both in, in the TV business. You're seeing now this season uh, Twitter is picking up a bunch of games, CBS Sports Network picking up a bunch of games. Um, you know, obviously the New York Liberty getting bought by Yes Network. I mean, that was a real big thing because they, they uh, you know, MSG Network used to cover the New York Liberty. So they had a really good following and covering. So it's nice to see like another really well-known network pick them up, but we're seeing more and more games getting out there. And I think that is another big step for, for, for the WNBA in general, so that more viewers can, can see these games. Right. Um, So I totally agree. I think, you know, back when you and I were younger, when the league first started, you know, it was like Teresa Weatherspoon and, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, the Comets and all those players that really um, made headway, you know, Rebecca Lobo, who now covers, covers the league. And, you know, that was a lot of hype and a lot of excitement at the time, but I do see it kind of um, making another turn, you know, um, you know, it seemed like it dropped off for a little while in terms of attendance and such, but, 
you know, attendance was up. It was at an all-time high last year for the WNBA. It it really was. And, and all people are, people say like, they don't, you know, it's like people don't give it a chance all the time because they, some, some just rather follow the men's game. But when you give it a chance and you actually watch it, man, it's, it's a high level of basketball. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. And, and the coaching is good. You know, if you look around the league, the coaching's really good. I mean, you've got uh, a lot of um, a lot of veteran coaches that have been around for a while, and uh, I, I mean, I think it's exciting. You can't sleep on obviously the teams that have been there, the Mercury, and you know, are usually the preseason favorite. But uh, I do think for for some reason this year it's a little more wide open because of some of the big time injuries, big time player injuries. But it's exciting. I do. I think the talent. I think the talent is, is only getting better and better. Okay, wide open, but if you had to pick a favorite, are you also going with the Aces as your favorite? Well, you know what? It's either, for me, it's either the Mystics or the Aces. It, it really is. I know it's hard to bet against the Mercury because they've got, you know, got such a great team every year, but I'm, I'm going with the, with the Mystics or the Aces. If I have to choose one, are you going to make me choose one? <laughs> but you know how to get those jewels you already know yeah yeah i mean i think i'm gonna go with the aces i really am i I hope the aces can uh get it get more of an outside game it looked like in their opening week they they were looking to pound it inside a lot which is good but they can get the balance going they've got all the talent in the world and i'm going with the aces i really am because liz cambage is on that team this year i love her game and i think along with Asia Wilson, that team is, like, unstoppable. Uh, clearly, you're going to get your regulars with Brittany Griner and the Mercury and Deladon with the Mystics. Does Deladon have enough around her? You know, we'll see. We'll see. I think that they're a possibility, too. I mean, Jackie Young, you mentioned that earlier. I mean, when she gets her feet under her, man, oh, I just think they're going to be good at the end. And, and then Bill Lambeer is an incredible coach who used to coach with the New York Liberty uh, I think he takes that veteran uh, prowess out there. He's such a pro. Obviously, he was one of the bad boys. The Detroit Pistons days, he knows what he's doing. And he just seems to know how to get the, the best out of players. Um, whether they've got it or not, he, he like pulls the best out of players. So, I, I don't know. I see them going all the way. I really I mean, do. When you, when you look at that roster, there's definitely a ton of firepower. And if they become a chip off the old block in terms of their coach, they're going to defend because that's toughness, just what, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, they've got the toughness and they're going to defend. Asia Wilson put up, I believe, 21 and 11 in that opener, and they seem to handle the Sparks without Candace Parker, I will add, pretty right. well. Yeah. So um, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. I think I'm also keeping an eye on the Connecticut Sun and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. when we talk about parity across the league, right? I think we also have to consider some things that may not jump to the forefront, but I just think Atlanta is seasoned and they've got gritty. Um, I love Britt Sykes, even though she chose to go to Syracuse and not Georgetown. Um, (laughs) No, her and John Wallace. You're surrounded by them. Our co-host John (laughs) Wallace, I'm sure he loves her. It's fine. Um, Flipping Hayes is really coming on as a pro. And then, you got the Thomas and Thomas in Connecticut. You've got John Quell Jones, who I love. Um, she's oh, just me too. An incredible athlete. I just, I, girl, I don't, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I love Connecticut too. And John Quell, you mentioned her. I mean, when she played her days at GW, 
I remember seeing her as a freshman and I was like just in awe of her length and her, her versatility and the way that she has translated into the pro game has been really cool to watch. And I think that she could be, she's a few years in now and it's, um, I think she's like in her absolute prime ready to have like another breakout season, even though she's been great all along. I just think that you're right about her. Uh, she's going to be something else. Uh, I really think that she's going to be fun to watch this year, but you're right. I think it's going to be a fun one and, uh, and anything goes kind of, uh, kind of season which is I think the best the best part about WNBA right now you know it's the parody I I agree with you 100% I'm super super excited you'll obviously have a front row seat to the Liberty um and oh and we can't sleep on Tina Charles and and I gotta give her some love because you know she's she's the star for the Liberty and I think that what Katie Smith has done there and and the organization has done by trying to surround her with some talent to help her take the pressure off her. I think that's going to help the Liberty. Do I think they'll go to the playoffs necessarily this year? No, I don't. But I think that they're doing the right stuff. Um, she'll have another MVP type season too. She's right up there with all the, all the great. So um, we'll see. I think it matters. Her, her surrounding cast is what determines that, that team success. You literally <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. We were just on the <laughs> there. So good job. Kudos to you. Um, MVP projection. You got one? Ooh, ooh, MVP. MVP, that is a great – I'm i going to go with Elena Deladon from the okay. Mystics. I can't bet against her. That's, that's your neck of the woods, Monica. <laughs> You've seen her. She's, she's just it, – as long as she's healthy, I think everything that, – that's just – I don't even need to really say that. I mean, as long as she's healthy, I, I, I see her just getting it again this year. I really do. Okay. Um, I think I think that's not unreasonable for sure. Okay, and then rookie. Who who do you think is R O Y? Ah, that's a great question. I gotta I gotta go with my girl Asia Durr from the New York Liberty. I okay. think she's gonna Even have a lot of room. What? Even if the Liberty don't make the playoffs? Well, if you're right. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, then you're right. I think that's out. Um, you know, this is always my big my big issue because it's like I usually when I when I vote for these things I tend to go for the team that's done the best you know that's gone the furthest with their team so if if they don't make the playoffs I won't obviously I won't go with her I think it depends on how these teams end up doing but she's a baller I mean the way she was at Louisville I think that she's going to be like the secondary scorer I think that she, as a as a rookie she could be that good I mean Jackie Young is incredible for the aces clearly uh, but what about collier i mean it could be collier too from the links i think she yeah. gets overlooked sometimes because she she played at uconn and there's so much talent that comes out of there but the uconn players man they know how to play they know how to play that's why when you get one of them on your team it's like you know they're fundamentally sound you know gino's got that toughness that's been drilled into them so i could see her having a real pro season too so um you know, I think it's between those guys. And Agumba Wale just has to have a good, um, a better shooting percentage as she, like, than she did in her, at least in her opener. She's fully capable of it. But, you know, I've, I've also seen her not very efficient. So I, I think that that's, I think it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath for Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Girl, I agree with you. If we had to call it right now, Nafisia Collier is definitely 
leading the pack for sure. But we're going to put a button on the W conversation and switch gears to the upcoming NBA Finals. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with me, Monica McNutt, is one of four weekly shows from Pure Hoops Media. I'm here every Thursday with great guests like Julianne Viani, plus my own opinions on all things hoops. And of course, my pops will be here with his wit and wisdom. The Pure Hoops podcast drops each Friday with three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. BJ has fantastic stories about playing with Michael Jordan and his current work as a player agent for high-profile NBA stars. On Mondays, we present the Mike Wise Show. Mike's guest last week was Warriors associate head coach Mike Brown. And next Monday, you have to hear Jeff Van Gundy of ESPN and ABC. This week, make sure y'all catch Mike Brown. That was a pretty dope conversation. Finally, on Wednesday, we have Catch and Shoot with Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov. Their guest this week is Lakers legend and regular on ESPN's The Jump, Byron Scott. And yes, you already know, Byron had plenty to say on all the mayhem going down in La La Land. Please sample all of our shows, rate them, review, download, subscribe, and most of all, enjoy. Welcome back to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. My guest on this week's show is basketball analyst extraordinaire, ESPN, CBS, Big Ten Network, MSG Network with me on MSG 150, my girl Julianne Viani. And now we have covered the W after an, a fantastic opening weekend and, of course, lots to look forward to in that league over the summer. But the NBA is down to the last potential seven games of the 2018-2019 season. This podcast is coming out on Thursday, game one in Toronto. The Warriors versus the Raptors is going down today. Jules, what's your prediction on the series? Who wins and in how many games? Oh, man, I got I got the Warriors winning, Monica, because it's hard to bet against them, I'll be honest. I, I know that's not going out on a limb, is it? <laughs> But I have the Raptors. I have the Raptors winning at least. I think the Raptors win at least one game, though, and possibly squeak out two wins. You know, and and here's why. I think I think I think the Raptors will win some. You know, some people I've I've heard them predict. Uh, you know, this series in giving them no chance, like to win a game, which I don't buy. I don't. Not with Kawhi Leonard. Not with the kind of excitement that's surrounding Toronto right now. I mean that city is buzzing I've talked to people that are you know living there that are covering the Raptors and they said that they've never seen the city this 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 buzzing before this excited so I'm I'm wondering if the Raptors can handle it though in that regard because they've never been here I mean and but that's also going to play a role in why I think they can win a couple because they're super versatile I think they match up well with the Warriors Um, but I think the Warriors in the end just have too much firepower even without Kevin Durant um, they've been there. They're cool, calm, and collected. Um, they've been proving themselves all along that they, they can do it even without their stars. But I do think this first game is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm giving the first game to the Raptors because the Warriors have had like nine days off, <laughs> you know? So I, I think that you and I both played and nine, eight or nine days of off from playing. I don't know if that's a good thing necessarily because they were really riding momentum. So going into this first one, I think the Raptors have the momentum for the first one. 
So but from crazy. there, I've got the Warriors winning it all. <laughs> so, yes, I agree with you. And it, but it's crazy, Jules. And I know you weren't on set with us t- today, but you've heard that our colleague, former Nick John Wallace, who also went to Syracuse, boo Syracuse, um, boo. <laughs> by it that he's got the Raptors winning in seven and so of course we're sitting on set and immediately Pito's like is this a face-off and I'm like no we need to sit here and actually hear this through right and so John's Mm. argument was that Kawhi is that good was his first argument and then he said I think they're gonna get game one and the team that wins game one wins the series 77 percent of the time his x-factor though is the play of Kyle Lowry um, but he thinks mm-hmm. that the Raptors are really that good and that the Warriors, especially without Kevin Durant, are susceptible. And I was like, I was sitting there and I was like, I really want that to be true because I think it would be an incredible story. But I'm I'm, I'm having a hard time drinking the Kool-Aid, though. Well, you know what? That's because you and I, I think you and I, like everybody, is, is kind of thinking about the Warriors in, in regards to, well... Every year, we all want to see another team win it. But they seem to continue time and time again to get the Ws. And so how do you truly bet against them when they've been proving it over and over and over? And to me, the Warriors are on top until somebody else proves that they're better. I mean, that's typically how you have to look at it. So that that I, I, hey, does anyone have a chance? Absolutely. Like, you know, he's right. Like, everybody's got a chance. you got a guy like Kawhi Leonard who's on a mission this year. I think Kyle Lowry is also on a mission. I'm actually pretty proud of him and excited for him because he's one of those players that has really hung in there. And he, he, you know, he survived the cuts. Like there was a lot of, well, meaning trades, you know, there was a lot of, you know, shaking up of, of the Raptors, as we all know. And he survived and he stayed and he's been faithful to this team and kind of, you know, just getting through the process. And then he, he came up really big when the, the team really needed him. But ultimately, I, I just don't, see them the Raptors having enough firepower but the way that they pulled out the Milwaukee Bucks uh series really was unbelievable I mean it proved a lot they won four in a row how many times do we ever see that they beat the Bucks four games in a row after being down uh two nothing and um just it seemed like they were on a mission and that the ball was falling their way I mean you know, even going back to the Philadelphia series, that shot in the corner from from Leonard. I mean, it was almost like the luck of the the luck of the draw is just the in their hands. It was the luck what of the Raptors. It was the, the luck, luck of, of the, the Raptors. Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Irish, and I'm like, no, you know what? Kawhi is not Irish. That is like not not a good comparison. <laughs> but so um, I've, I've, I I just, I I don't know. They no, yeah, and then Monica, for sure, for sure. And this is all fun. All we can do is forecast. And much like many weathermen in many cities, we could be completely wrong, and that's fine. But I think this part is so fun and exciting. But even when you say they haven't been there, though, Jules, if you look at that roster, three off the top come well, mm, three and a half. Danny Green and and Kawhi have been in big moments. They've made it to the finals with the Spurs. Serge Ibaka. Yep. I don't know if Serge didn't go to the finals, but he was at least in the conference finals with the Thunder. Then you've got, I want to say, Gasol's gone deep in the playoffs. I don't know that he's been in the finals, but, um, yeah, Gasol, or 2012 was Ibaka. Um, And we got Gasol. I think 
collectively they might have enough experience to surprise right. people. Now, to me, if the series goes seven and they lose, that's in my mind, that's still a surprise and a whole lot for them to be very, very proud of. But I will say, talking to Paul Jones, your boy, who is the playback or the analyst for the Raptors today on the MSG 150, I asked him, what do you, having been with this team all season, know about Toronto that the rest of the world is sort of just figuring out? And he talked about Great the toughness question. of and the resilience of this group in terms of why they really got a fighting chance of getting this thing done. Mm. Well, he, what did he say? That they just have a toughness to them that he's, that he's never seen? That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, and I can see that. I really can because the way that they were able to pull out that win um, or the last four wins – I mean, I think that was just absolutely mind-boggling, and it proved that there was a mission there, that they really were on a mission. And it shows maturity. I do think that that's on their side. I do feel like Toronto's got maturity. You know, Van Vliet stepped up big. Van Van Vliet was struggling big time, and I think so much does depend upon the surrounding cast with this Raptors team. If Van Vliet can come out and play the way he's been playing after he had, you know, a kid, the birth of his his, his newborn and stuff. I mean, he was on an absolute tear the last few games. And Danny Green seemed like he wasn't totally himself. Um, I'm not sure if he's injured or, or what, but, you know, if Danny Green can add a little something in terms of, uh, you know, offense and, and just make that corner three, and Gasol is not blown away in terms of, I just don't know about Gasol and how much he's going to really match up well. A lot's going to have – you know, to come down to Ibaka, I think. And, I mean, we'll see. But the toughness factor has got to be there. And I think that that's been the problem all along is that no team has proven to have the toughness that the Warriors have. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they, they go just haven't. That. They haven't. I agree. They go on that crazy run. Yeah, they go on that run and everybody's like, oh, well, it was a nice shot. <laughs> exactly. So it's like until somebody can prove that they can do that and they can match their toughness, it's going to be really tough. But I do think – the one thing I do like about the Raptors is that they're not going to probably get caught ball watching so much that a lot of teams with the Warriors get caught ball watching. They're not really the greatest defensively. And I do think the Raptors are pretty versatile. That's going to help them in terms of how they defend. They've got some real versatile guys. So that that can help. That can really help because some teams don't match up well with the Warriors. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it's definitely going to be exciting. We have an international NBA Finals. There will be plenty of eyes on this, rightfully so. Like, this is it. I mean, will the Warriors win four titles in five years, or will Toronto get one with basically a hired mercenary in Kawhi Leonard, who we don't even know if he's going to stay? Like, there's just so much to watch. But our time is winding down, Jules. And so before we let you go from buckets, boards, and blocks, blocks, plural, we have to get your bucket board and block. So we're opening up this conversation to whatever basketball level you want to talk about, or if something fantastic happened to you today, please share. But I need a bucket, <laughs> board, which is like your A++ thing, right? Your block, or excuse me, your board first, which is maybe not so positive, but there's some silver lining to it. And then we'll get your block, which is your get out of here thing. Like maybe it's the trolls that still don't respect the W just get out of here. Um, my, so yeah, my block, your bucket board. No, my, and block. my block, I got to say, because my block, 
block get out of here, block? Oh, I'm such a hater. <laughs> no, I'm such a hater with Drake. No, I'm kidding. I think it's great. I think he's been really funny. Um, you know, I just think he's. I think he needs to be like the block. The the, the block. I think it hit in terms of. I know that sounds really dumb. But, I mean, in terms of the way that he's been, it's been actually good for the Raptors. I think it's been really good. So, if he can be, if he can be that kind of, uh, that kind of, like, I guess, shot blocker on the sideline, I just don't know why that came That's to me. But I just think that, I just think that he, he's got to keep doing that. I think he's, he's like the, the life of the party over there. Kawhi um, <laughs> Leonard's got to get some crazy. What'd you say? He can't be. But okay, he can't be your block okay. then if you want him to continue. <laughs> no, I mean he's he's gonna block shots. He's gonna block for you know on the sideline there. I mean like he's got to he's okay. got to be okay. over there, kind of like on on the Raptors side. Kind of, I want to see him heckling the crap out of the Warriors, but uh, maybe that's not okay. my real block. But you know, I think <laughs> in terms of ba- basketball wise, I want to see Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard in terms of buckets I just want to see him go absolutely crazy you know I think if he if he can if he can go nuts and have the you know I, I mean he had the bucket to get him to um the the eastern finals like he can get like if he can do that again and he can pull pull that kind of shot out they're gonna they're gonna they could go all the way to the to game seven you know um what was Ooh, the second girl, one you're bored buckets. Boards, boards. All I got was, I gotta go. With, I'm gonna keep this on the NBA, on the NBA vein. Uh, boards, boards, boards. I'm gonna go with Serge Ibaka on the glass. He's gotta, he's gotta have a big. He's got or Pascal Siakam. I think he's one of the, the the big time guys underneath too. Between him and Ibaka, they've gotta have a crazy, crazy rebounding night so that they can get some second and third chance opportunities against the Warriors because the Warriors, um, you know, they're not going to give them a lot of those. And I think if they can get some, that, that's only going to help them to have more and more possessions. <laughs> constantly, always the analyst. You literally gave me, we need buckets from Kawhi. We need boards and activity from Pascal Siakam and Drake to give us blocks on the sideline. I love it. <laughs> I tried to make it a little different, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, Jules, we will all certainly be watching. Of course, I can't wait till we're reunited back on set here with MSG 150. Thanks for making time to come on the pod. All right, Monica, no problem. Hey, McNutt, tell your pops to grab his whistle. It's time for the official review. All right, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is rolling right along. Here is the part of the show that is at the end of the show, but number one in our hearts. Welcome in Kevin McNutt, a.k.a. Hey, Dad. Hey, Monica. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I got to give you a little bit of ribbing here, Dad. Just a a tad. Uh You are a huge Giannis Antetokounmpo fan. Your boy came up a little short, short, did he? Hey. Hey, <laughs> gotta tell the truth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, yes, ma'am. You're All right. So, as you assess his game, which I know you're a huge fan of, is it as simple as getting a jump shot? Like, what what's the next level for Giannis to be as great as you envision him being? Yeah. Um, you know, okay. This is a term that's a fabulous term. This 
the best in the planet and all this stuff. That I guess I, I started first hearing about LeBron. You know what I mean? The best, the best player on the planet and all that kind of stuff. So now Giannis has moved up in that court category. It's him, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron, and some of that was going Giannis's way. You know, best in the planet and all this kind of stuff because he's gonna he's still gonna win the MVP award because that's based on regular season. But when you when your team goes gets outscored on a twenty six to three run in the fourth quarter of a closeout game, you ain't and I know ain't ain't the proper English in the <laughs> category. And and you get two schools of thought there. Some say, well, you know, hey, it was a supporting cast. They let him down. Bledsoe, um, you know, uh, Brogdon, so forth and so on. Well, okay, but still, 26-3 run, no. And the reason why he couldn't do anything to stop the 26-3 run is because he had a, you know, he had no, no jump shot. They could sag back in the proverbial wall, which is a new term I'm, I'm hearing, um, just in this play as related to him, and he couldn't, and he couldn't score. And the reason why, because he cannot, if he doesn't get to the hole, he, has to, he, he does not have a pull-up 15-footer that he can bank on yet. It's going to come. He's a workaholic. He's possessed to be the best. So it will come. But it's not there now, and it, 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 it was exposed, especially, well, I mean, they, they, they lost the last four games of the series. Uh, but a 26-3 run by Toronto in the fourth quarter of a closeout game, no, sir, not if you're best in the planet, does not happen. I'm not saying that he – he, he should have put the. Um, he should have won the game on his efforts alone. Yeah, you need your teammate, but twenty six to three, uh huh. And because he does not have a fifteen footer, he shoots the three. That's only off of a standstill when they give him twenty minutes to shoot, and he finally says, "Oh, I'll take this one." But he does not have a a, a dribble drive, pull up from fifteen, uh, and that's and with the way he gets to the hole, once he has that to the game, then then he will be the best on the planet. See, do you want it. him? You just need, okay, so you want him to be able to shoot every shot, or he just needs to expand? Like you need him to be able to hit threes. No, give I, me a two. No, 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 no. Any anytime he takes a three, you got to be happy uh, on the defense because it's he's a twenty. He's a twenty percent three uh, three point shooter. Now that's that's going to rise maybe as far as twenty five, twenty seven. Uh, 27%. He'd never be a good three-point shooter. And the way he gets to the rim and can punish you and demoralize the team and incite his team and fans, you'd rather him shooting a three anytime. But he's got to be able to penetrate, scare them, uh, the defense to continue to backpedal and, and, and dare him to drive and then pull up and, and shoot a nice little 15-footer, a little 13-footer in the paint and march on back down court. And he can't do that right now. Okay. And, He'll get there. He'll get there because he's a workaholic. I'm just worried. Even on free throw shooting, I mean, he bricked. No, not bricked. He yeah. airballed free throws, two free throws. And again, you can get into shot mechanics. I see some flaws there that I'm just wondering who is this shot doctor? But um, <laughs> and, 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 and guys that are really long like that, I don't think they are really ever good shooters. I mean, he's so long. He's a, it's a lot of moving parts. Um, but you know he's, he's he's still my guy. He's exciting, and, 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 and you know even more credit, uh, Kawhi just really showed that he's a better player. I mean, right. Kawhi is a threat all over the floor, anywhere on the floor. Absolutely. So let's put a button in it right there and turn the page from your fanboy moment.
and Giannis, well, not fanboy, very respectful of his game and hopeful for his future. Warriors, Raptors. Warriors getting their fourth in, in five years, Dad? Or you, is Kawhi that good to lead the Raptors in dethroning the Warriors? You got a four, you got a four to one ratio there. I mean, you're talking about Green, Draymond, uh, Curry, Iguodala versus uh, uh, Kawhi. I, I'm 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 not a believer of Lowry and Ibaka at all. Uh, um, uh, what's Sidecam, what's his name? The, the, um, right. So you know, this, no, this team has not been in this type of spotlight. So that matter of fact, I'll make it five to one uh, because you had those four players for the Warriors and then you add the uh, experience factor. This is their fifth time, first time ever for Toronto. Kawhi's the only one that I, um, that's going to play any major minutes that has been to that, this level. So he <laughs> – it was it was him versus Giannis, and then you know the rest of the, the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto was pretty much on a par level the way I saw Gasol, uh, some of those guys versus the the, the um, role players for Milwaukee. Well, this one, no, you don't call Clay, you don't call Green, you don't call Iguodala role players. These are guys that are that are champions. So I I gotta I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overthink it. I see I see Golden State getting this. And how many? Um, well, they're going to split because the first two in Toronto because they got the home court advantage. They take two in and um, they take two at home and go to state and probably get the one going back. So I'd say five. Yeah, that's kind of where I was too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. One of our co-hosts up here, and I was talking about this earlier in the show with Julianne, John Wallace, the former Nick. He's really got the Raptors doing it in seven, and he made an argument for it on the show. I personally would love to see that happen, but I'm with you. I just don't, I just don't see it. Like, why, I, why would you want? Why, why would you want that to happen? Why, I think why would that would be an incredible story, Dad. You mean the Raptors oh. win the title the first time that they get there, led by Kawhi Leonard, who sat out last year and had a a sour separation from the San Antonio Spurs. Like, and he's not the superstar that we see in terms of the headliners of NBA superstars when it comes to personality and all of that stuff, but he's just right. a basketball player. The new balance yeah. ads would be everywhere. Right. You know, Kawhi, what Kawhi is doing so far is on a par with Virginia winning the NCAA in a sense that you had a, uh, a, low, a, low, a low moment. Lowest of low moments. Virginia obviously losing to UMBC in the first round, a 116 upset. Fast forward a year, and then they take the title. Now you've got Kawhi, who was what, played four games last year in broad in, with the injury scandal. Was he faking? You had Pop and the, and the um, Popovich Hall of Fame coach and the five champion Spurs organization versus him. So a lot of abuse, you know, a lot of people were taking, uh-oh, well, wait a minute, Pop, Pop and uh, the, the Spurs are the gold standard, the recent gold standard. Ah, so, you know, and Kawhi's not a talkative guy. He wasn't saying anything. So it's a very, very low moment. Fast forward a year, and what has happened, he's in the finals. You know, he's 35 and 12, whatever he did over the series in terms of dominating the series, outplaying Giannis. It's a good moment. So I can understand if, if, if what you say they win and it closes out. That's the, you know, that's the same type of story as Virginia. You understand where I'm going with that? And we love that story. Yeah. 
I got you. I got you. <laughs> but but this is this is this is this is NBA basketball, not not a fairy tale. Yeah, I got you. All right, Dad, we got like a minute. I totally get what you're saying. We got like a minute thirty left. Um, we spent a lot of time in the beginning of this podcast talking with Julianne, who is the analyst for the New York Liberty, and just talking about the WNBA in general. What do you remember about me and the WNBA coming up as a young hooper? You know, that's you. You mentioned that to me. Um, I, just just another tool for exposure. Um, I mean, you know, we use so many tools to to help you um, uh, understand the game, develop your, yourself in the game. I, I like to hear what you have to say because we used film. We used players in, in high school that were ahead of you. We yeah. used uh, AAU. We used boys' games. We used the NBA. We and then the NBA. You know, the WNBA was coming in at that, at, that, at that time when when you, when you were a youngster. Um, I remember taking you down to you know to see the Mystics play. So you tell me the impact and where you would put that in this in the stack of all the things, all the tools we use to educate you in, in growing up and playing the game. So it, it's crazy that you phrased it that way because I think that's the exact same thing that I kind of share with Richard Deitch in terms of what I hope that this podcast would be. Because you're right, my love story with basketball, I do remember a, a two-year window where I did not want to miss a WNBA game, but we did just consume basketball, period. And it was never like, this is boys, this is better, this is girls, this is better. It was just basketball. But I do right. remember whenever we would play pickup with, like, guys after we would work out, you did make sure that they played with the women's ball so that they didn't mess up my shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's important. <laughs> All right, Dad. Love you to pieces. We got to wrap up this show. Okay. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. All right, people. We're wrapping up the show. You got to get my BBB for this week. My bucket, gosh, am I, am I becoming this person too? I'm going to give my bucket to the Toronto Raptors, in particular Kawhi Leonard. I mean, the level of focus from this man, this opportunity for the Raptors, the way to put Toronto on the map um, is super exciting. I hope I can give them a bucket in a week and a half, two weeks from now, if they actually pull this thing off, but we'll see. My board for this week, I'm going to give it to the WNBA. And now let me explain, because this is not a slight against the league. They've done so much work to marquee some of the stars, to market some of the marquee stars. And a handful of them are absent this year. But I applaud them for continuing to push the youth. I applaud them for the partnerships that they're making with TV networks. I love the partnership on Twitter. It's literally so convenient. See the tweet, watch the game. Boom, it's done. Um, And so shout out to all of the talent that's still standing in the league the influx of rookies that are super talented, the other players who have been in the league and maybe have been overshadowed by some of the names we know, like Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, and now it's their time to shine. So shout out to the WNBA going into season 23. I'm looking forward to a fantastic season. My block this week, this may be short-sighted, but I'm going to give it to Adam Silver in terms of taking some of the European Soccer League models and adding it to the NBA. I do think that we can change something so that there's not only one championship, but then again, we're teetering on the line of participation trophies. So I just want that to be thought through a little bit more. That article was in the New York Times. Mark Stein wrote about some of Silver's ideas. And with that, that's going to do it for this episode of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. A big thank you to my producer, Bruce Bernstein, editor, Ben Wolfen, my pops for rolling through, the entire Pure Hoops team, and of course, our guest, Julianne Biani. I'm Monica McNett. Until next week, enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.